0: back to, to bang bang, bang cult. cult oh we did it at the same time oh, we're getting good at this <laughs> today we are talking about paranormal murder things and uh how ghosts maybe solve their cases yeah i think we're both doing one that ghosts solve their own cases which is pretty legit because if i ever get murdered i'm gonna do the same thing yeah yeah i'm gonna leave a trail of clues like a scavenger hunt Although I'm really lazy, so I don't know if that would... Yeah, it'd probably just be like in the mirror, like after a shower and just be like, this person murdered me and then be like, yeah, yeah fix it. I don't know. I'd kind of like to show them in a vision what happened. That's true. But like not me telling them what happened, like they actually see it. like Or reenact it. Oh. Get my ghost friends and do a reenactment. But do like a drunk history reenactment. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it's so appropriate for me. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> so, we'll start off with our handy dandy quarter. Yep, I guess I'll be heads, heads again. Okay. Ugh. You really suck at this right now. It's heads. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't trust Heather anymore. Okay. Okay, I'm going to talk about this is probably the most well-known of these cases. It's Elva Zona Heister. Um, she solved her own murder, Um, Zona was born in Greenbrier County, West Virginia, around 1873. We don't know much about her upbringing, all we know is that she gave birth to a child in 1895 at a wedlock, and that's not really upbringing, she would have been 22, wait, no. I don't math good. Yep, 22. Okay. (laughs) So that's not... No. No i mean okay. just because she was out of, wedlock. out of wedlock yeah yeah In october 1896 zona met a drifter named erasmus Stribling trout shoe that's a which name which also names me names me <laughs> reminds me of dwight schroot ah yes yes yeah. especially because he was known as trout <laughs> trout that's a lot of names yeah Wait. and he called himself edward Okay, Trout Edward. I don't. I well, because his name was Erasmus, so I guess he was like sounds like harassment. Like his name is all around. Okay, we're gonna call him Shoe, because he's kind of a shoe. Okay. Uh, Shoe moved to Greenbrier County to get a fresh start and work as a blacksmith. Um, in 1896, he got a job working in a shop for James Crookshanks. And shortly, shortly after coming to town, he met Zona. And they quickly fall in love and get married, even though Zona's mom, Mary Jane Heaster, who we'll be hearing a lot about, objected. She did not like Shu. I mean, he had like 12 names. I can't yeah, blame her. Boy, that's never a good sign. Uh, less than a year after meeting Shu, on January 23rd, 1897, An 11-year-old boy who did chores for them was sent to the house by Shu on an errand where he found Zona's body lying at the foot of the stairs, stretched out with her feet together and one hand on her stomach. The boy ran to tell his mom, who called the local doctor and coroner, George W. Knapp. It took Knapp close to an hour to get there, and by the time he arrived, Shu had carried his wife's body upstairs upstairs and laid her out on the bed. He dressed her himself, which wasn't a custom at the time. Uh, Traditionally, the job of washing and preparing the body for burial would have been completed by the women in the community. She dressed her in a high-neck dress with a stiff collar, which I guess would have been pretty customary for the time, and he placed a veil over her face. She remained by her side, cradling her head and sobbing while Dr. Knapp examined her. Dr. Knapp noted the husband's grief and only gave the body a brief examination and noted some bruising on the neck. When he tried to take a closer look, she reacted violently, and Knapp ended the examination and left. Okay. Yeah. Zona's death was ruled as everlasting faint. Just... I guess that means a heart attack, from what I was reading. Okay, it sounds like like a love story. Like she fainted and yeah, yeah. but that was something that they did a lot back then. Like everlasting faint was a thing. I think it's just because they didn't really have like medical. Yeah, knowledge, they were so like so just, she like, just mm. fainted and died, especially yeah. for women. Like they wouldn't, they would never diagnose a guy with everlasting faint. No, like he manly did something. and He manly did something. Died. Yes. <laughs> well, later her it, later her death was changed to childbirth, okay. but it's unknown whether she was actually pregnant. Doctor Knapp had been treating her for a "quote unquote" female trouble for two weeks prior to her death, though. But that could mean anything. anything. He could have thought that she was hysterical, or mm-hmm. she was having cramps, or maybe she was pregnant. Maybe, but yeah. Endometriosis. I don't know. Yeah. All the things. That was, they didn't know what that was back then. Yeah. All the things. Um, So when Zona's parents were informed of her death, Mary Jane Heaster is reported to have said that the devil has killed her. Okay. Yeah. Seems important. Yeah. Zona was buried buried the next day, which, that's crazy. So fast. I think that people did things like that. I guess maybe they didn't have as much going on. Well, and they didn't have, maybe they didn't, they probably didn't do as much to the body, as much prep. True. And as elaborate of funerals. Because we still have them, what, in like three, four days? Yeah. I think. I don't know. I don't, I've never planned a funeral. Well, knock on wood. Okay. Okay. I knocked on wood. Wood was not. Alright, so she was buried the next day in the local cemetery that's now known as... I want to say it says soul, but it could be like sole. It's spelled S O U L E. Yeah, like, yeah, sole. Soul. Sole or soul, soul. I don't know. Soul Chapel Methodist Cemetery. Shu showed great devotion toward the body, keeping a vigil at the head of the open coffin during the move. I wrote movie. Okay. Wait, so the coffin was open to her head? Yeah, so it was open. And, and any time it was open, he was always standing at the head. Got it. But she had the stiff collar, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and the body was laid out at, in the Heaster's house for the wake. And Shu's behavior began to raise suspicion when during the wake, his grief would change from overwhelming sadness to incredible energy. Which, I mean, everyone grieves a little bit differently, but this guy's just suspicious. A little too erratic. Yeah, he wouldn't allow anyone near the coffin, particularly while he was placing a pillow on one side of her head and a rolled-up sheet on the other. He said that it was so that she would be more comfortable and rest easier. Hmm. Yeah, he also tied a scarf around her neck because it was her favorite. Okay. Yeah. And while moving the corpse... To the cemetery, several people noticed that there seemed to be a strange looseness to Zona's head. Well, Mary Jane Heaster, her mother, was convinced Shu had murdered his wife, her daughter. After the wake, she removed the sheet from inside the coffin that was propping up her head and tried to return it to Shu, but he refused it, which I think is weird. Like, if you're... Like, why would you refuse it if you think... if If you're doing something weird? Right. Or just be like, no, I wanted that in there with her. Or yeah. Like, not just so be she like, could rest I don't wanna... easier. Yeah. Oh. Well, she noticed that the she had an odd odor. So she, she washed it and the water in the bases turned red and the sheet turned pink. It's like, did you? But I'm assuming there was blood on it. But how could you not see that right away? Yeah. Like, maybe it was just like. Maybe she didn't unroll it. Because maybe it was rolled, yeah, and then when she was washing it, yeah. Yeah, you would think you would unroll it and be like, well, that's weird. That's but I guess maybe if it was just a weird smell. But also it was, like, on a dead person, so I feel like it would, would smell have a little well, bit. Yeah, that's valid. It would definitely not smell <laughs> would good. Would be nice? I don't know what the embalming practices fresh. were back then. Probably but... not. Yeah. would not be fresh and clean. Well, she couldn't remove the stain, um... And she took it as a sign that Zona had been murdered. A Uh She prayed every night for four weeks following that, hoping that Zona would come to her and explain what happened. And after four weeks of praying, Zona appeared to her mother in a dream. She said that Shu was a cruel man who abused her and who had attacked her when he believed that she hadn't cooked meat for their dinner. Mm. Yeah. He broke her neck in order to prove this. The ghost of Zona turned her head around until it was facing backwards, exorcist style. Oh, yeah. According to Mary Jane, the ghost appeared first as a bright light, gradually taking form and filling the room with a chill, and visited her visited her over the course of four nights. So, like, giving piece by piece of like. Yeah, I happened. guess so. Mary Jane took the story told by her daughter's ghost to her to the local prosecutor, John Alfred Preston. She spent hours in his office trying to convince him to reopen the investigation. Uh, At first, he didn't want to believe Mary Jane, but her story provided enough doubt to send police to re-interview several people of interest, including Dr. Knapp. So Preston went to interview Dr. Knapp himself and was told that he didn't complete a thorough examination of the body, as we already know, and this was sufficient justification for an exhumation of the body and an autopsy. Okay. So and- on February 22, 1897, Zona's body was examined in the local one-room schoolhouse. Why? They probably didn't have a medical examination room. Ew, you're like, the kids are going to school? or they, oh. I mean, I'm assuming the kids weren't in school at the time. I know, but I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it one bit. I mean, even one room schoolhouses are creepy. Yeah, that's too, Mm-mm. I don't like any of this. One room schoolhouse slash medical examiner. One stop shop. Exactly. If a kid gets murdered there. Just leave him there. Yeah. Yeah, that was dark. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Shu, of course, complained about the turn of events and um, didn't want the body to be exhumed. And he was required by law to be present for the autopsy. So he responded saying that he knew he would be arrested, but that they would be unable to prove his guilt. The autopsy took three days. Right? It's a long time. Mm-hmm. And found that Zona's neck had been broken. Like when you've noticed that at the beginning? Like, yeah, oh, like, oh, no, my nec- neck's broken. Huh. I mean, I guess they have to do thorough I mean, other... I they have to do the full examination. Even if they know the neck's broken, mm-hmm. but three days? Again, they're doing this in a the schoolhouse. They probably had to like... Oh, yeah, stop for children. <laughs> Where did they store the body when the kids had school? I have a lot of questions. Again, I still don't like it, but... Is the teacher also the coroner? Yeah. Also, do Doctor Knapp is the coroner. Who did the? Who did the autopsy? Because he clearly can't do it. That would be. I, I mean, th- I guess he could. He probably did. Yeah, he was the local dude. Yeah, he was the person. Wouldn't get away with. He's that He's probably today. the teacher too. Probably was. Well, maybe he's the as anatomy lesson. Maybe there or we go teaching the kids. Yeah, their their medicine. All right. So, it took three days, and according to the report published on March 9th, 1897, I have a quote from it, the discovery was made that the neck was broken and the windpipe mashed. On the throat were the marks of fingers indicating that she had been choked. The neck was dislocated between the first and second vertebrae. The ligaments were torn and ruptured. The windpipe had been crushed at a point in front of the neck, and due to the information from the autopsy, this report, uh, and Shu demanding the body not be exhumed, he was arrested and charged with his wife's murder. Mm -hmm. But, like, he had to, like, really choke her, because that's... That's, like, intense. Yeah, he had to be really mad. crushed her, yeah. Maybe he found out she was pregnant. Maybe. And they hadn't had some for a while. A little bit. Yeah. I don't know. But he really fucked her up. Mm. Um, so while she was in, held in jail awaiting trial, more information about his past came to light. Turns out, of course, par for the course, he had already been married. Mm. Twice. Oh, okay. Yeah. His first marriage ended in divorce after his wife accused him of cruelty. And his second wife died under mysterious circumstances. Less than a year into being married, hmm. does that sound familiar? A little bit, a little bit. While in jail, he spoke to reporters, saying that he would be let free because there was so little evidence against him. Hmm. But little did he know. Dun 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 dun. dun. Ghosts <laughs> to <of> the rescue. <laughs> like Ghostbusters, but opposite. I like it. I like oh. it. <laughs> so, the trial started on June 22nd, 1897, and Mary Jane Hester... Hester? Hester? Yeah. Was the star witness. Um, so... Wait, I wrote this funny. <laughs> That's what I get for writing notes when I'm falling asleep. Uh... So they skirted around the fact that Mary Jane came to the conclusion from a ghost and tried to stick with the known facts because they kind of figured people would think that she was crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in an attempt to prove Mary Jane unreliable, Shu's lawyer questioned Mary Jane on her visits from her daughter's ghost. And they pushed her on it. Well, since the defense had raised the issue... The judge found it difficult to instruct the jury to disregard the story of the ghost, and a lot of the community ended up believing it. So because of that, when the jury deliberated, it only took an hour and a half for them to find Shue guilty of murder. Yes. And sentence him to life in prison. Because they just believed that that had to be true. Right. Right. I mean, that evidence is there by, like, the The evidence autopsy. is super there, but they had no proof that it was him. Yeah. But then also to find out that he had a history. Yeah. So the evidence was definitely there. But they did use this, I mean, not even on purpose, though. The defense used it, and it worked against them because, I guess, people in the late 1800s were like, well, ghost told you. Must be true. Mm-hmm. Is this, like, during the... No, Salem was Trials was 1700s. Yeah. But I'm sure they still, like, believed in a I lot don't of things. Maybe. I don't know. It is Virginia. West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know a lot about that time period, I guess. I don't either. Okay. So. do 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 do, do. Um, A lynch mob form to take a lynch mob formed. Yep. <laughs> to take Shu from the jail and hang him, but the mob was disbanded by the sheriff, and four of the mob organizers later faced charges. So got intense. They were pretty mad. We don't have. I guess we still have mobs. They just come with posters and not lynches. Not Leah, not lynches. Just like car being turned over and like burned. Yeah, it's all different. More like fire stuff. It's more like group anger and protest than trying yeah. to attack one individual right And like walking onto freeways so that people can't go to work type <gasps> such an la thing mm-hmm. <sighs> not that we have that issue already it's funny <laughs> we can't get there anyway yeah. so go ahead just Keep stand going. on the high <laughs> the freeway it's not moving either way Um, so, she was moved to the West Virginia State Penitentiary in Moundsville, where he lived for only three more years. He died on March 13th, 1900, the victim of an unknown epidemic, and was buried in an unmarked grave in a local cemetery. I think it was, uh, what was it? Fainting? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Euphoric fainting or something? No, it was, uh... Another word for forever. Eternal? No. Eternal fainting? I think it was eternal fainting. I don't know where it went in my notes. I like that it's like an, an epidemic. Yeah. Maybe it was, yeah. Everlasting faint. Maybe it was everlasting faint. And or maybe just, she came back and was scared him to death. Probably. That's, That's what probably. I would do. Right. Just keep haunting him in his jail. Oh, I, I do some think. fucked up things. Oh, that would be fun. I would it's just like, move your toothbrush all the time. Yeah, or like when you're trying to brush your teeth and like get it in your eye. Yeah. (laughs) How is a ghost gonna make you get it in your eye? Like push it? I don't know. Gonna stab him in the eye, or your mascara in your eye? Oh, that would be mean. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So mean. Just gonna make it so all your makeup brushes are dirty all the time. All the time. And then like when they're sleeping, pull off the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the now pillow. You're cold. Like, <laughs> no pillow for you. Turn them upside down so their head's at the other end of the bed. Yeah. They're just be like, wait, what? Put their hand in like warm water so, so they pee themselves. Yeah. Mm. Just prankster ghosts. That would be fun. Just watch The Office and get all the greatest ideas. Yes. Like, travel to the future. <laughs> watch <laughs> The Office <laughs> for her. But we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. We got your back, girl. <laughs> okay. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Buried in local cemetery. So, the mom, Mary Jane, never recanted her story of Zona's ghost, and she died in September 1916, and Zona's ghost was never seen again. Hmm. Because she did what she had to do. She went to the other side. Yeah. She got her revenge. We don't know why, though. Well, you know why, because she didn't feed him meat. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Something my significant other would do, then feed him meat in his dinner. <laughs> just kidding, he would never hurt me. He would just huff and puff because there wasn't enough meat. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So there's a historical state marker in West Virginia near the cemetery where Zona's buried. It says, "Interred in nearby cemetery is Zona Heaster Shoe. Her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband, Edward. Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparitions account. Edward, found guilty of murder, was sentenced to the state prison. Only known case in which testimony from a ghost helped convict a murderer. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Um, there is media on this. There were three stage adaptations. I didn't get all the details, but they're out there. Okay. Uh, there is a book called The Unquiet Grave by Sharon McCrum. We haven't had a book in a while. Not I know. The book club. I really, we really need to make a list mm-hmm. of all of these books. Um, I kind of like to read this one, The Unquiet Grave. Kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I also like that her name is McCrum. Me too and drunk history covers it in season 6 episode 9. Oh, we should watch it. We should. How much fun would that be? Okay, it's it, funny that I like talked about drunk I know. I was drunk thinking history. that when you brought up I was like full circle. Mm, it's like I knew <laughs> the ghost came and told me what was going to happen. Oh. Yeah. A- she had a visit from from Zona. Future Heather? I don't know. Or future <laughs> Heather. Like, okay. It's Heather's turn. I'm going to sit back and relax now. Yeah, girl. You relax. Okay. Today, I'm going to discuss the death of Teresita Basa. Again, terrible themes. Sorry about it. And how it's believed that she solved her murder from the other side. Basa was born in the Philippines in 1921. Nine. Nine. And she was the only child of a very successful lawyer and his wife. After graduating from Assumption College. Assumption? Yep. At least it's not consumption. I know. But she assumed to be smart. (laughs) Assumption College in Manila. She came to the United States where she received her master's degree in music from Indiana University. That's weird. That's just weird. A master's degree in, like, music and you're from the philippines and you came here to get a master's in music i know all right and from like indiana like i wouldn't expect indiana for music but or someone from the philippines to move to indiana yeah it's a lot of i don't sorry indiana we no one wants to move there (laughs) but i guess like when we were in canada there was like a lot of filipinos in canada and it's like freezing cold there so you wouldn't expect it either maybe they just don't like the heat Maybe. So they got out of the kitchen. Maybe. Yep. Maybe they wanted the polar opposite. Uh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, neither. Uh, she went on to study inhalation therapy, basically respiratory therapy, and she eventually settled down in Chicago, where she became a respiratory therapist at Edgewater Hospital. And she was known to be a very reserved and polite woman, who was exceptionally dedicated to her job. So, not only was she working as a full-time therapist, she also attended Loyola University, where she was getting her doctor's thesis on music. So, she come get to be becoming a doctor. In music. In music. <laughs> and in her free time, gave piano lessons and uh-huh. started writing a book. On? Probably part, piano or Probably music. music or therapy or something. Musical therapy. Oh, yeah. Maybe she was like the beginning of musical therapy, maybe, maybe. So she was all the thing, like doing things all the time. Yeah, she had no so free And on, so on February twenty first, nineteen seventy seven, at around seven thirty, Ruth Loeb, a friend from the hospital, uh, actually, talked to Bassa, and the, the duo chatted for almost an uh, like half hour where Bassa mentioned she had a male guest coming over and never identified who he was. And almost an hour later, two neighbors smelt smoke coming from the apartment building. And they informed the janitor. Janitor called 911 and informed all the residents that there was a fire. And when the firefighters were extinguishing the fire, they found a nude body underneath a mattress that was on fire. And the nude body had a butcher knife embedded in her, in the chest. Ow. And yeah. And under the mattress? Under the mattress. So, like, the body was under the mattress with, yeah, and it was, like, on fire, the mattress. That's interesting. And, of course, the body was identified as Teresa. Awesome. It's like he put the mattress on top of her because it's flammable. Yeah, I think probably. Or he probably just, like went crazy or she because i mean you got lifting up a mattress is not easy it's so much work yeah. i've almost like been eaten by the mattress exactly and were... one person's gonna lift it and put her it on top of her right why there, there's a reason for that there right? was... yeah well but that's how they found her okay and there was evidence that she'd also been raped and adve- investigators believe that the fire had been set to cover up the murder Ooh, kinky under mattress sex. Yeah. Maybe they're rape. like doing forts, like a big old fort, and then it fell on her. No. Maybe. And then a candle fell. Oh, maybe. And a knife because they were doing hibachi. Exactly. And their fort. Yes. <laughs> it was all the things. It was <laughs> another one-stop shop. <laughs> don't do hibachi in <laughs> mattress forts, guys. With candles. Yes. Yeah. Don't do it. Just not. Don't try it. At don't home. recommend And uh, so the autopsy, however, determined that she had not been raped, and there seemed to be no apparent motive for the crime. And investigators could find little physical evidence, as most of it had been destroyed by the fire. Well, that was the point of the fire. Exactly. So her body was flown back to the Philippines for her burial, um, which is good, but... The story continues. So that's creepy. You saw that, right? (laughs) (laughs) The The lights light's flickered flickered as we're talking about ghosts. It's fine. It's all good. Terrible electrical in this house. No, it's fine. It's just someone playing with us. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. So uh, detective Joseph Statula and his partner Lee R. Eplin were assigned to the case and they interviewed friends and acquaintances of Vasa. And in the burnt apartment, they actually diso- discovered a mysterious note written by Bossa, which read, Get tickets for A.S. For A.S. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were unsuccessful in uncovering who A.S. was. Or what it was. Or what? And Amy Schumer. Totally. 1977, Amy Schumer. Definitely Amy Schumer. Is she I born yet? I th- Maybe. Don't think so. I don't know. Be chic. how old is amy schumer <laughs> 38 i feel like 36 uh, 30 i don't know 30s 40s i don't know so not yet not quite here yet i don't know she predicted the schum coming she predicted okay <laughs> okay and so eventually the case became was at a stand however in august the police in evanston were uh, actually contacted, Detective Statula. Sounds like spatula, and I love it. Right. And it's like a statutory spatula. Yes. Yeah. Statula. Statula. And so the, they contacted him, the police in Evanston, and they queried or they questioned him about a technician at Edgewater Hospital called Alan Showery. What is up with these names today? Showery? 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 I don't know. So, Alan Shorey and Evanston police referred Detective Spatula to Dr. Juan. Did you say Spatula? <laughs> I <did> Stat Spatula. <laughs> I can't. They referred him to Detective Statula. I don't know. I'm up with-, with Spatula. <laughs> Okay, so Statula went to go talk to Dr. Juan Chua, 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 oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> and this is where the case took a peculiar turn. So Dr. Juan, I'm just going to go with Dr. Juan because I can't say his last name, was a surgical assistant at Franklin Boulevard Community Hospital, and according to him, his wife, Mrs. Remy Chua, was possessed by Turista Basa. Ooh. He explained that his wife was sporadically would sporadically go into a comatose state, and would speak in the voice of another woman. And at one point during these trances, Miss Chua blurted out, "I am Teresita Basa." Afterwards, sh- while speaking in Tagalong, Miss Chua claimed that she had been stabbed to death by Alan Showery. Oh, wait, who was this Alan Showery again? He was so. The Evanston police, so the other city where they told th- th- them to go talk to him. He was a, uh, a technician at the Edgewater Hospital. Okay. Which is the hospital a- that S- BASA S- was working at. Yeah. A.S. Okay. So no Amy Schumer, unfortunately. Alan Showery. Not nearly as much fun. So the spatula, statula, showered. Just kidding. I don't Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh and okay so she said it was alan showery so she said claimed that she had been stabbed by alan showery and dr chua said he asked the voice why she had allowed showery to her home to which she replied because he was a friend oh so sad i can't trust friends i'm sorry that's why i am (laughs) all alone always (laughs) Because you never know who's gonna murder you. That's so true. That's why I live in a bubble. Bubble wrap. Bubble boy. Aww. I do feel really bad for Bubble boy. Yeah. And when Mrs. Chua snapped out of the trance around a half an hour later, she had no recollection of anything she had said or, like, the trance at all. And initially, Doctor Chua and Mrs. Chua were apprehensive about contacting police out of fear that they would appear foolish. Well, yeah, which completely yeah. understandable. However, when the voice of Vasa returned several times, they finally decided that they would contact the police. And obviously, they weren't initially convinced the police because because oh, it's a voice and yeah, someone saying I was you know yeah. And she was actually a Filipino native herself, and she'd also briefly worked at the same hospital as Basa and Shaori. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they met in an orientation session, uh, Basa and Chua, but they never worked together, just they worked different shifts. However, Dr. Chua told police that the voice of Casa had claimed that Shaori had also, ins- had also stolen jewelry from her apartment. And this was something that even the police didn't know about because they hadn't been able to fully investigate the Yeah, yeah and they might not know if there's jewelry missing if A- they don't know what they're looking for. Exactly. And according to the voice of Basa, Shaori had given some of this jewelry to his common law wife. Okay. hmm So, after the investigators visited the Chua's, the detectives became the butts of, like, the squad, squad room jokes. So people would, like, throw paper clips at them. They would fly out of nowhere. And they would find their mailboxes at Area 6 headquarters stuffed with notes to call people who had been dead for years. So, like, yeah, everyone's messing with them, which is not nice. I get it, though. I do, too. Because I'm sure it's like, oh, okay, ha, ha, yeah. ha. Yeah. But on August 11th, after getting Showery's address, Detective Statula and Detective Eplin went to his apartment where Showery confessed that he knew Bassa but denied ever visiting the apartment. And shortly after, he changed his story and claimed he'd gone over to fix her TV. Mm -hmm. But he immediately left right afterwards. And while at the apartment, the two detectives noticed that Showery's common-law wife Okay, this name you're gonna love. Yanka Kamluk. Yanka Kamlok. Yanka Kamlok. All right, Yanka. Yanka. So Yanka. now we have Yanka Spatula. Man, if she get married, that guy be Yanka Showery. Yanka. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh honey. Oh honey. Oh, a good porn name. Good for you for just being a common law wife. Yeah, common law wife, smart. Good choices on that one. Smart, smart. Uh, she was wearing a pearl cocktail ring, which was eerily similar to the one described as stolen by the voice of Bossa. Oh. And they discovered other pieces of jewelry which would be identified as belonging to Bossa by her family. Hmm. So it was true. And after presented with this evidence, Showery confessed to the murder, and in his confession, he declared that he'd gone to Bossa's apartment to rob her so that he could pay his rent. However, he only got $30 and a handful of jewelry. Well, he could have sold the jewelry... True, and said he'd give it to his common law. law and she life. didn't wonder like where that came from. Right. Clearly he, he didn't care that much about his rent either. Yeah, he's like, I can't pay my rent, but here's some jewelry that I got for you. For murdering this lady that I said I was friends with. Mm-hmm, but I don't know her. See? Yeah. People were murdered for $30. That's and during his trial, which was dubbed the Voice from the Grave Trial... Showery would claim that he was just kidding when he made the confession and during JK. the J.K. Tr- J.K. Didn't do that. And during his trial, his defense lawyer, I'm just not even going to say his name, suggested that <laughs> <laughs> uh, suggested that Mrs. Chua faked the trances because she had been fired from the hospital. And never to my knowledge has a man been arrested because of a vision. Which now, they could have. Yeah. In this case, saying if I was a lawyer, I would have done that. Yeah. The first trial was actually declared a mistrial when the jury met a deadlock, and a new hearing was scheduled for February of 1979. And while back at his jail cell, Showery seemingly had a change of heart and decided to plead guilty to the murder, as well as robbery and arson. Many whispers speculated that the spirit of Bossa had visited showery Well, that was my first assumption. Yeah, like, hello. Just, yeah, come on. He's just all of a sudden changing his tune. But others just say that his defense lawyers suggested he change his plea to receive a more lenient sentence. There's that, too, because he could have gotten, like, hmm I don't know if the death penalty was a thing, but... Yeah, and usually if you, like, plead guilty, then... Yeah, if they're going to get you anyway, you can usually get something out of it. Better placement or yeah, something. Ugh. And he was sentenced to 14 years in prison. What? And was paroled from the Correctional Center in July of 1983. Some bullshit. Four years. After serving just under, or five years, to this day, I'm not quite sure whether I believe... Oh, okay, just serving under five years. And, of course, our good old friend, Detective Statula, said, To this day, I'm not quite sure whether I believe how this information was obtained. Nonetheless, everything is completely true. Over the forthcoming years, many sleuths have tried to explain these paranormal trances. Some have suggested that Showery had complained about Mrs. Chua's work quality, thus leading her to be fired from the hospital. Okay. Uh, and her symptoms... Allegedly started shortly after her termination. Um, and. Or she could have heard Showery speaking about his involvement in the murder. While at yeah, the hospital. And just faked it. Mm-hmm. So she didn't get prosecuted for. Uh, what is it withholding information. Right. And... Exactly. Because she knew about it for a while. Uh, but whether you believe it. Or whatever. Or maybe she was actually involved. Maybe she did it. Or maybe she was with the one. The friend. Yeah. Something. Maybe he paid her off. So, and that is how Teresa Bassa came back from Good for the her other side and had her her right. death be solved. That's it. That's that. That is that. Good for her. No books or anything? No movies? No? I know. I'm going to have to look up her book that she was writing. It's probably oh, unfinished. Yeah. Look it up. What's her? Teresa. Teresita. Teresita Bassa book. Oh, there is a book. The Voice from the Grave. The Incredible but True Story on how. Oh, there is a book by John O'Brien. Published in 1992. Oh, okay. So there is a book. Yeah, we didn't find her book but alright. So there you go. And that has and I guess there's a movie? Hmm. I don't know how... am not sure. I'm surprised I didn't find any of these. Unless it never came out. Maybe. Maybe this is just a pitch for a movie. I'm not really sure. Um. Okay, so there's some things there. Alright, well, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Yeah. And gals. And, and, and goals. Ghouls? And- and whoever was literally hanging out with us and messing with the lights and And technology technology yeah thanks for chilling uh if you listen on anywhere you can rate us and you liked us even a little bit rate us five stars that's super helpful so that other people can find us and like us too if you didn't like us Mm. bye (laughs) okay um find us on social media at Bang Bang Cult on Instagram and Facebook. We'd like to chat and hang out. And our email is at bangbangcult at gmail.com. And we Bye.